Welcome, everyone. The bastards are back approximately 20 minutes after our last podcast because a major bombshell story, the one everybody was fearing could possibly happen. Xander Bogarts has agreed to an 11-year, $280 million deal, not with the Red Sox, but with the San Diego Padres. So we are back to cover that. Slightly different crew this time. We got Jason Kelly coming on a little bit under the weather, but going to soldier through an episode. How are you, Jason, other than the the cough symptoms? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. I was like half asleep, ready to to turn in for the night, had my NyQuil ready to go, and then I uh, was just scrolling through Twitter and saw the, the Xander Bogarts news and was like, okay, well, I can't, I can't go to sleep now because I'm too wound up. So uh, you were like, all right, let's do a show. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on, because I, I always like to be one of the first ones uh, to record amongst all the other podcasts. And my first indication was I just saw something pop up across my iPhone from Chris Cotillo of Mass Live saying, wow, wow, wow. So I knew it had to be Bogarts, and I was... Um, I kind of figured it wasn't with Boston, but we'll I'll get into that some more. Cody is back with us uh, just after recording the last episode. And if, if you're listening to this one first, we covered the uh, Kenley Jansen and uh, Masataka Yoshida signings, the Japanese outfielder. So uh, that's still a fresh episode, even though it's uh, it's the not the recent one due to this. But uh, give that a listen uh, to get caught up on our thoughts with that. But Cody, are you ready again? Always ready, man. <laughs> you know, much much like you guys have said, I'm still you know kind of scrambling to kind of figure out where we are, what we're looking at moving forward. Um, but yeah, excited to just kind of talk about what this new era is going to bring, you know, the, the post Xander era, which is a weird thing to say. Yes, it is. And, uh, we do on social media every now and then, I think I call it a question by committee and we, where we all give a response to a question and, um, we all picked, um, whether or not Xander would stay in Boston and we gave, um, you know, an actual contract figure, years and money. Us three had Xander Bogart signing elsewhere. So not a ton of shock, uh, really. Well, there's some level of shock because perhaps you never really... It's hard to fathom Xander playing someplace else until it gets announced. But but still, accurately, we we had him going elsewhere. Um, so (laughs) we're, we're all trying to process it right now. And as I was saying to these guys before we come on, normally we, we don't record till 10 PM. It's a hard, almost a hard start time. So you have plenty of time sometimes to gather your thoughts. If Xander signed with the Padres at 4 PM Eastern today, we're still coming on at 10, but, uh, we're, we're trying to process this as we go. But anyway, Jason, go ahead. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, and like you said, you brought up sort of what we all thought was going to happen. Most of us believed that Xander was going to sign uh, a multi-year deal, long-term deal somewhere else. 
I didn't expect 11 years. That part was shocking. And I know Trey Turner just got 11 years, but I sort of just chalked that up to Philly being Philly, like Dombrowski doing a typical, okay, I'm going to go over the top to get my guy. Um, I did not expect Xander to get 11 years from anybody. Um, And I was shocked when the news came down because all day, it seemed like the tide had turned in the Red Sox favor. They actually had a pretty good day most of the day today. You know, Judge signed his huge deal with the Yankees, which I think we all agree is not going to age very well. 40 million over nine years for that guy. Good luck. Hopefully he produces, but you know, most most likely it's gonna end up being a bad deal. Uh, you know, then you got the Jansen signing, you know, so now we don't have to ask who our closer is anymore. And then you had the Yoshida signing, which I was actually in favor of. I know, you know, there's mixed emotions about it, but you went out and got an outfielder. No more Jackie Bradley in your starting lineup. Great news. And after that, the follow-up reports were, okay, now Heyman comes in with the report that the Red Sox are, quote, heavily engaged with Xander Bogarts. And you got guys like Carabas who are saying, you know what, I feel pretty good. And whenever he tweets something like that, it, you know, take it for what it's worth, but he does talk to a lot of people. So I sort of thought, okay, someone may have told him something. Sean McAdam tweeted out not too long ago. He spoke to a Red Sox source and said, are they signing Xander? And the source told him, yes, just flat out without hesitation. Yes, they are. And then, you know, just now news breaks that San Diego got him 11 years, 280, which is 25 million per year. And the the money doesn't shock me because that's what I would have given him. I was willing to go 7-175 for Xander. I would have been happy with that if the Red Sox did it. I think 25 a year is a good number for him. I don't think it's outrageous. And I think seven years would have been fine. 11 years, though, that's a lot. So, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm trying to process it. Am I angry at the Red Sox for not doing this? Or am I sort of sitting there going, 11 years is a lot. Maybe I'm a little bit relieved. I kind of lean towards being relieved. And I love Xander Bogarts. I wanted him back. I wanted him signed. I wanted Devers signed. But an 11-year deal, I, I just, there's, first of all, there's no way the defense holds up for 11 years. He's going to change positions at some point, whenever that will be. Um, whether or not the bat holds up, I mean, we've seen it. It doesn't typically hold up for guys beyond the age of 36, 37. The swing slows down and the reflexes slow down and they become less valuable. And pitchers are not going to stop being nasty. Pitchers in this league are going to come in, you know, they're going to come in throwing 102 with nasty stuff, regardless of, you know, taking away spider tack or whatever you want. So pitchers are going to get younger and better. And a guy like Xander Bogarts at 37, do I think he's going to be producing the way that someone who's being paid 25 a year should be? Probably not, if I had to guess. So am I a little bit upset? Yes, mainly because I am asking the question, what next, which we'll get into. But I'm not as upset as I thought I would be. I'm not enraged because 11 years is a ridiculous commitment. And I don't think any contract works out for 11 years. So, you know, good for him. He, he got the deal he wanted. He got the security he wanted. Um, I'm curious to see what San Diego does with Tatis when he's off his suspension and when, you know, 
they're going to have a crowded infield now, but um, good for Xander. And I just hope that the Red Sox have something good to follow this up because this is a big blow to the organization, regardless of how you feel about the contract. Cody. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get news this large, right, there's there's a lot of emotions that are going to be tied with it. Um, anytime you see those mega deals uh, for another team, for our team, you have your your immediate reactions. And, um, you know, sure, anger is going to be one of them, right? You never want to see a guy like Xander, a guy like uh, X, leave the organization. You know, he's, he's as classy as they come up and down, you know, on the on the field off the field you know never had to worry about him always played the game right always played the game hard um you know i thought he would have been a worthy a worthy recipient of the captain c uh something i kind of talked about on the on the other show you know i just didn't think we should have offered him a huge contract right after the yankees offered judge a huge contract they give judge to the captain we give xander the captain it just you know the optics behind that would have been a little weird but you know i thought he would have been great you know seven one seventy five um if if I'm looking at this from an objective third party, uh, which is hard to do in these times, this is best case scenario if you're the front office trying to move in any sort of direction, right? I mean, sure, you never want to let a guy like Xander get to free agency. Um, you know, the extension that they offered him in spring training was laughable. You know, if they offer him that 7175 at the beginning of last year, I don't even think we're having these conversations. So if you want to be mad, be mad there, right? Don't let it get to this point. Don't let it get to the point where your homegrown superstar talents are making it to free agency. You know, you don't have to be as aggressive at the Braves, you know, where it's like, hey, we drafted you, here's your 15-year deal. But, you know, once you've identified the talent, sign them, right? I mean, like, we knew in 13 we had found something with Xander, right? So, like, why are we getting to to these points where we're having to – battle with star craved um, cities that are getting snubbed by other, by other players that are willing to throw bags around. I mean, 11 to 80 is something that I don't think anybody in Boston realistically would have been comfortable giving to, to Xander Bogarts, regardless of what you thought about him. And, you know, if, I don't know. I don't know how far away we were in our final offer. I know that Xander said that we had a chance to to match. He wanted to give us a chance to make a competitive, um, we'll call it rebuttal to whatever final deal it was. But I mean, if if you get that financial security, I mean, you you get eleven years in the league, and we'll see if he even plays eleven years. I hope he does, but you know, I also don't want to see him go out sad. Um, a lot of emotions going around. Um, relieved that we weren't the one holding the dynamite of that 11 year, basically $300 million contract, but it's going to be weird seeing them on the other coast in a different uniform for sure. Like I said, on the last episode, I'm the only one on the regular podcast crew who was steadfastly against bringing back Xander Bogarts on anything longer than six or seven years. And even that would have been uncomfortable. This is a guy who's going to be paid by the Padres $25 million in his age 41 season. There's going to be tons of remorse. AJ Preller will be fired long before (laughs) that year comes up. He's got a lot of money invested in 
Tatis, who I don't know if he'll live up to the hype after the failed steroid test. Uh, some players just aren't the same. And he's got a lot of baggage, uh, you know, even outside of that for some bad off the field decision making. The Manny Machado contract has worked out very well. I do feel like he's going to be a guy who could probably play into his age 36, 37 season, be somewhat productive. So I don't think that contract will necessarily haunt the Padres, but it's going to be painful for them. I mean, they have maybe a a five-year window here to finally get that title. And if Preller can get out from one or two of those contracts, he, he might... He might get lucky, but as far as the Red Sox go, I'm glad that we're not the ones uh, signing him to a deal like this. Xander Bogarts wasn't a great defensive shortstop. He was, uh, I think, a below average shortstop at age 27, age 28. He wasn't great. So what's he going to be at 37 and 38 years old? He's going to have a fast decline. And... When you look at, I wasn't it the the Padres that offered Turner more than what Lindor got? Okay, so they offered him somewhere in the neighborhood of three hundred and forty million plus. Well, they missed out on Turner. All right, then they offered four hundred to Judge. They missed out on Judge. They were gonna give a massive contract to someone. And the only other someone left was Carlos Correa. And I think I'm a little surprised that they didn't try to go that route. And I'm kind of wondering now how Boris thinks he's going to get the Correa deal done. And I did hear today that the Dodgers are waiting for the Bauer decision uh, to get uh, you know handled because he's got an appeal right now. If B- Bauer were to lose the appeal, that gives plenty of payroll flexibility to the Dodgers to then go get Correa. And apparently that's what they're hoping for. But man, I just, it's hard to process. It's really hard to process. I'm a huge Hein Bloom critic and this puts a lot of pressure on Bloom. It really does because I said on the last show, you've got in right field, you're better right now than you were with Bradley because you got Yoshida. I can't, I don't have high expectations for him, but he can't be as bad as Bradley. Uh, and hopefully not at 18 million a year. But the outfield is better than last year. Now you have to replace Xander, you have to replace JD. And I'm not talking just 20. 22 JD you got to replace you know 2019 2020 well not 2020 but you know you you've got to replace some of his best years of production if you want to be better than you were uh last year offensively and then maybe as at catcher as well I mean Vasquez was a top five or six catcher for the most part offensively and he was super clutch at times so you can't replace Xander, JD, and Vasquez at 80 cents on the dollar and then hope to be better. You you really can't. And <laughs> you guys know I I love triggering, 
you know, who I like to call the Bluminati. And it's just going to be interesting to see how Bloom handles this. Because this is bad for his public perception. It's not, it's not good. And does the, the four-year $90 million deal that he was offered, which was really just a $30 million add-on, but is that going to come back to haunt him? Because that's a John Lester level low ball. Like that's bad. Like he, he shouldn't have even offered anything if he was going to go that way. I mean, that's what I was kind of alluding to, right? If you wanted to be angry, be angry at what they did in spring training before this year, be angry at the fact that it never, or it should never have gotten to this point, right? If you had given him a legitimately, market value for the type of player that he was, what he means to this organization at the offseason, we're not having this conversation. Now, if it comes out that he was offering him like five, 150 or whatever, and like wouldn't budge from that, then you can be angry again that he was again disrespecting and lowballing what is at this point the face of our franchise or was the face of our franchise. But if it comes out that he was offering seven, two, ten and just didn't want to do the additional years, I don't think it's as damning to bloom as um, some of the other, you know, narratives could be right. I mean, I don't think anybody wanted to go 11 years. Whenever we were talking about it, I don't think anybody ever thought double digits was on, on the table. I don't, I, I don't think I've seen a single prediction that had Xander getting a 10 plus year contract. Um, uh, that's just, that's just my two cents. Yeah. It really depends on what was the Red Sox max offer. And right now we don't, we don't really know. We have that four over 90 number, but you know, that was from a while ago. Um, all the reports tonight are that the Red Sox never eclipsed 200 million in any offer that they sent to him. So, you know, that's, that's pretty bad because if Xander was sitting there telling them, Hey, I don't necessarily need the 11 years. If you give me seven or eight and you eclipse 200 million, I'll take it. And the Red Sox didn't do it. Then that's pretty bad. You, you can't offer Sander Bogarts the face of your franchise $200 million. Come on. So, you know, and, and the problem is that now sets a precedent. What's Rafael Devers going to get? Are you going to do the same thing with him? You're going to lowball him the whole way, and then he doesn't get an extension, and we have to trade him, you know, either this winter or at the trade deadline because you weren't able to sign him? I mean, it, there's ramifications to losing out on so many of these guys. It's not just Sander, too. You lost out on Abreu, which, again, a lot of us agree that we wouldn't have gone to that number for Abreu, but you still lost out on him. You lost out on, uh, what's his name, Zach Eflin, who got the same offer from the Rays but chose the freaking Rays over you. Uh, you lost out on Andrew Heaney. Not that I necessarily wanted him, but you still lost out on him too. So this offseason has not looked great. For Kayan. I mean, yeah, you know, Kenley Jansen was a good signing, but okay, you signed a reliever in his mid 30s for 16 million a year. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I don't know if I'd call that necessarily a slam dunk. I mean, if the guy makes 25 to 30 saves, great, but we don't know that he will. And then you signed um, Yoshida, which, okay, that's great, but concerns about him defensively. From what I've heard, he's, you know, purely just. You got to stick him in left field because he's not that great defensively. He's a, you know, I think he's like 5'8, five, 5'9, five, too. Not a big guy. So I don't know how he'll hold up, you know, over a big league schedule. So there's questions there, too. And, you know, you combine that with everything else. 
I, I still want to know what the max offer to Xander was. And if it really came down to him just saying, I really want double digit years, I want either 10 or 11, because I think Cody's right. If it came down to that, I can't necessarily blame Kyan Bloom and the Red Sox for saying that's kind of ridiculous to be given out 10, 11 year deals as like the standard. So it'll be curious if any of that comes out. We may never find out, but I'd be really curious to see if that was the case. I think Boris will leak it out to Heyman just to, I think, I don't think the Red Sox is Scott Boris's favorite team because it seems like the guys that do sign here are always under protest. Like JD Martinez didn't have a market that winter. So he had to sign a five year, $110 million deal. He was asking for 210. And so signed way under. And then infamously, Scott Boris skipped the press conference uh, for Jason Veritek when Veritek took less money to stay here. Um, we just don't do a ton of business with the higher end of uh, Boris clients that um, other teams do. So I, I bet Boris will leak that out. Uh, Jason, you mentioned some of the guys, Abreu choosing another team over us. And I think he would have chose the Astros, even if the money was the same. I think he's going to Houston. Why would he go to a team that can't finish above third when he can go to almost an automatic ALCS? You know, so Houston was a no-brainer there. You mentioned Eflin. Um, there was another one in there. I forget. One you didn't mention was Mitch Haniger, who we were connected to. Um goes we apparently we were competing against texas at the time we were the two teams then the giants emerged and he goes there i think that's when the the domino dropped and that's how we got yoshida we're like okay we're out on hanniger we're gonna go yoshida um again i wasn't a fan of that but uh again with the padres here they offered turner 11 I couldn't see Xander taking seven years from anyone at that point. And I didn't expect the Padres to offer anybody 11 years. Uh, you know, that came out when he signed 11 with Philadelphia. So at that point, I just don't see like Xander's doing a huge disservice to future free agents. If he takes that big of a discount, like there's like this unwritten rule. You just don't take those types of discounts. You know, it sounds like, Turner walked away from about one year with the Padres. Judge walked away from one year with the Giants, but Xander couldn't leave that much on the table. Here's an here's another thing. This was tweeted out by Ian Brown, who's the MLB.com uh, writer assigned to the Red Sox. And um, someone else had also pointed out that Xander is only three months older than Trey Turner who got 11 years. So take that into consideration. This is a comparison uh, from tweet Brown, uh, from Ian Brown, uh, Xander Bogarts and Trey Turner in 2022. Uh, Bogarts had a slash line with a 307 batting average, 377 on base and a 456 slugging. Turner was a 298 uh, batting average with a 343 on base 466 slugging so Xander got on base at uh, a almost significantly better clip and um, you know had a slightly better average um, Xander also had a 131 OPS plus Turner just a 121 OPS plus the only two categories where uh, Turner 
somewhat edged him. Uh, Turner had six more home runs than Xander did and 27 more runs batted in. So Xander had some pretty impressive numbers compared to Turner. So you know Scott Boris is taking that to teams and saying, listen, you know, they're they're very similar players. So what Turner's market is, that's, excuse me, about what Xander's uh, market will be. And so even less shocked and... It's going to be interesting. I mean, we're recording this literally minutes after the announcement, so more nuggets will um, will get um, you know tweeted out there tomorrow by various writers and perhaps some comments uh, on Bogarts. If we can get a stream of the press conference, so they're probably going to have an introductory one for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he says there. And uh, Jason, uh, in regards to Devers, I don't think it's going to mess with his annual value at all. I, I think that's going to be around 30 no matter what. But I wonder if if 10 years was his intended target, does that become 12 years now? Because very Yeah, I mean, it very well could. Um, he's going to be 27, I believe. So I, I think mean, yeah, he if, just turned 26 actually in October. Okay. Let, let me just double check that. Yeah, he's but he's around there. So yeah, I, I mean, if all these other players are signing deals until they're 41, you know, even 42 years old, he's probably looking at it going, yeah, I can get 12, 13 years even, you know, and, and knowing that some team out there will give it to him, if not the Red Sox. So the Red Sox, if they're negotiating with him, they better be willing to at least start at – 10 years, you know, 300, because if they don't at least start there, he's going to laugh in their face and go, okay, yeah, you guys are going to lowball me like Xander. All right, I'll go get 300 plus 12 years from someone else. See ya. So they better be careful. I think the, the pressure on Bloom now is immense. You can't lose them both. And I think Xander had, uh, excuse me, I think Devers has more leverage now than he had two hours ago. <laughs> I think that's suddenly increased. And by the way, he turned 26 just six weeks ago. So next year and essentially is his age 26 season. So I, I think what he's going to be saying now is, well, these guys are getting contracts through age 40, you know, and a 10 year deal takes me to 36. You might have to go 12. And so would that be 12, 360 at this point? Oh, painful. And again, Bloom could have had him. I've been beating this drum all season long and really since last season as well. Devers could have had mu been had much, much cheaper uh, than, you know, had he had an extension, um, you know, a year or two sooner. And man, these these homegrown guys get botched so bad by the Red Sox. It's just unbelievable we find ourselves in these situations. Um, so I guess in closing here, uh, before we do Dansby Swanson, wouldn't be a bad pivot. I don't think a great defender, better defender than Xander ever was only had a couple of good years. It took him a long time to reach the level that they had hoped, especially where he was a number one overall pick. I didn't realize that until recently, uh, but if he could be had for less than 200, maybe that's a face saving move by Bloom. 
Andrew mentioned go get um, I forget his first name I uh, Ahmad I think from the uh, Indians or Indians I slipped up again I was so good all season long by saying Guardians but um, but they did just sign Josh Bell so perhaps that's an indication they're not really willing to move anyone and uh, that they want to compete but it might have to come via a trade or something I I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, what's next for your infield who plays shortstop? I mean, all I was told, the reason why Trevor Story was so happy to play second base and why the Red Sox deemed him a perfect fit there is because his elbow sucks and he can't throw. So, you know, and, and you know, all these advanced analytics would tell you that he had one of the worst arms at second base, even though he was a very good defender there. So now what? Are the Red Sox going to move him to shortstop and try and sell us on that? That'd be bull crap. Um, <laughs> you know, putting Kiki Hernandez at shortstop, I don't love that either. I think he's much better as an outfielder. So even if you do that, you move him to shortstop, okay, who are you going to get for the outfield? You know, like who, who's still out there? Do you trade for one of these Arizona outfielders that they're shopping, like a Dalton Varsho or Alex McCarthy or something? That doesn't exactly fill the void of Xander Bogart. So their next move is going to be really interesting. I don't know if... Dansby Swanson is is the move because I don't think you could get him for less than 200. I just think the market is kind of going crazy right now. And Dansby had the most power out of all the free agent shortstops that are available. He had the most home runs last year. And he's, I think, maybe the slickest defender out of all of them. So he's also the youngest. Uh, or no, him and Correa are the two youngest. So he's right around the same age as Correa. So he's going to get a long-term deal with deal as well i i just think the red sox might bid for him but some other team will come over the top of the nine ten year deal and forget about it they'll lose out on him too so it's going to be interesting their next move is is going to really tell us a lot about you know how they're going to attack the lineup next year adam frazier is still out there as a second baseman i guess i don't know yeah he stinks now though Okay. He went. He, he went to Seattle and completely lost himself. Just looking through outfielders on a fly. If you do move Kike into short or second, and then move Story over, um, Adam Duvall. That was a name we talked about in the war room. Uh, I don't. I would imagine the Padres must have picked up uh, Jerks and Profar. Actually, Brandon Nemo. Maybe perhaps that's a guy that's gonna get some some attention now. Um, and, and even if not as uh, an outfielder, perhaps as a DH. So that's that's one name that Bloom could probably sign uh, a little bit more affordable. Will Myers is out there. I don't think any of us are in love with that. Michael Conforto as well probably could be had. I wonder if this paves the way for Martinez to come back, who hasn't been brought up at all. I haven't seen one beat writer talk to, you know, tweet anything about him being linked to anyone. It has been suspiciously quiet for for Martinez. Yeah, and I I also pointed out Michael Walker. I haven't heard a peep as far as uh, his status. You, you would think he'd be very hotly pursued by someone, um, but nothing. So, and these are all free agents that um, I'm pointing out. Nelson Cruz also 
a free agent. I want to say he did uh, regress a little bit last year. That probably would be easy to do if you're on the Washington Nationals. Trey Mancini's out there. I was a huge proponent of him in seasons past, but I've kind of cooled off a little bit uh, there as well. Um, didn't really um, didn't really do much for the Astros after they acquired him uh, in July. So. We will probably be back. The Red Sox have a lot of work to do, so we'll um, we'll definitely not be back on in 15 more minutes. We know that at this point, but um, but we should be back in the next maybe few days. Hopefully, no later than Sunday uh, to talk about any developments. So, um, hopefully, uh, we'll have uh, a calmer. Uh, day or so before before things get crazy again and uh, again we did record uh, another episode on Jansen and Yoshida that was the um, episode right before this one so check that out too take care